You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert, Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Deep Edge Podcast. In this podcast, I'm Joining us today will be Adam Dunstan, who actually has an exciting startup called Anecdotal.io. And we're going to be talking about intelligent egress to multi-cloud networking and the whole concept of where we are in present mode of operation and some of the challenges that his new uh, startup company addresses. And for those that don't know Adam, Adam is a hardcore routing person that comes back from the Avicii days, started companies related to BNG, in fact, the broadband, then worked at a service provider building some VNF services. And now he's into this area related to uh, multi-cloud space and ingress. Adam, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Good day, right? Thanks. It's great to be here. And now, when you say here, where are you located? Yeah, I'm in the Northeast of the United States. You know, our company is kind of uh, is uh, is bicoastal, so my uh, uh, you know half our people are here and half our people are in, uh, are out on the west coast. Well, that's the beauty of technology, and a lot of people are embracing more remote workers than they have in the past. Now, in the beginning of the intro, I talked to about you being like a serial entrepreneur and stuff like that, but I want to get started for our audience. Like, how do we get here? How did you get here to this current project? Yeah, so yes. my, so this this company. Um, that, that we started last uh, last April it's called Acnodal. And, uh, and uh, you know, I had been working with my co-founder or one of my co-founders uh, on a project in Europe for a few years. And we were building a, a public cloud for a large industrial company around Kubernetes. And one of the things that, was, that we had to go off and do was to create that public cloud experience that you might get at one of the three, you know, hyperscale public providers. And, and there were areas that we found really difficult to do. And one in particular was the experience around the workflow. If you've completed your Kubernetes application, made all your containers, and then you've got a, you want to get it out onto the internet. And so you want to get an IP address on it and, you know, certificate management and, and DNS names and all that stuff. And we found that you know, challenging to recreate. And so we started down the path of recreating that. But my co-founder, Nick, who's got experience in, in you know, hyperscale, um, or really uh, large-scale web companies. Nick said, Adam, you're kind of missing this, um, the, the real benefit of this. Um, these things that, and we call them intelligent ingresses, and I'll, I'll get to what that is, um, are much more important than just a DevOps workflow. And to kind of understand what they are, it's good to go back, um, you know, maybe 10 years or so. And, you know, you, were, you wanted to put something on the internet, you'd go rent a service somewhere, and, you know, you'd load some software on it. And if you're really lucky and your application grew and had customers, you'd try to find a bigger server. And, of course, the web scale guys figured out that this was never going to work. And so they early on got into this business of containers, breaking their application up into all these little pieces that created that applicational user experience. And then they had to figure out a way to go and reconstruct that application from all of those parts. And that's what we call an intelligent ingress. Now, these replace the things that in the enterprise world were referred to as you know, kind of load balances. And these, these uh, WebScale guys developed their own and used technology that's similar to these you know, proxies and load balances, but they're much more important than balancing traffic. They're much more about constructing modern applications. 
Yeah, no, that's great. So you address, you know, what are ingress and stuff like that and, and a little bit of the importance. So I see where you're going. But you mentioned uh, hyperscalers or public cloud. Do, do public cloud providers have ingresses today in place and how are they doing it and what's the difference there? Yeah, it's an interesting question because, you know, they're straddling the market a little bit. You know, they the if you if you look at the ones that run inside, you know, any one of the large scale providers, they're like a lot of their other components. They're really these black boxes and they have a level of configuration and control that's very similar with an enterprise on a legacy enterprise on-premise load balancer. Um, and so you can do a certain amount of configuration, but they don't have the level of dynamic control. They certainly don't have the level of programmability that you need to be able to go off and build these more complex applications, which is why um, we've seen you know, the large scale web scale guys build this stuff themselves. And in fact, we use a piece of technology in our system, the actual engine that drives this, although we manage fleets of these, is a thing called Envoy. And uh, our system manages fleets and fleets of Envoys. And that was written by Lyft. Um, in their need to go off and find a, an engine that they could use to go and construct their applications with. So it actually turns out that this is a piece of software or, or an engine that's used in lots of parts of Kubernetes, but we use it for a very specific purpose, which is, you know, this external intelligent ingress. Yeah, now you mentioned the term Kubernetes. Is that the right term, I mean, for, for this solution? Yeah, so we anchor our, our platform inside, inside Kubernetes. Uh, and, um, you know, what... The reason behind that is that, you know, we, we're certainly believers that as the world goes through its modernization process, uh, you know, this digital transformation, if you want to use that kind of Gartnery style term, but goes through that process, you know, the predominant energy is going into containerization. And, you know, for good reason, right? I mean, you know, it, it really helps you, you know, go from development to deployment very quickly if you've got it set up correctly. So, um, you know, it's a great way to get teams to work and build applications more quickly. And if you've done it the right way, it's portable and it's easy to distribute. And so most of the energy is going into that. And so we anchor the platform inside Kubernetes. So when you go off and, uh, you know, create a Kubernetes application inside your cluster, and then you want to go off and, you know, construct uh, all of those components together, you can use our, our Epic solution to go and construct that. But let's say you want to go further than that, which is uh, you know somewhat more challenging in the public cloud, of course, because once you're in AWS, you're in AWS, it's unlikely you're gonna go into AWS and then across to Azure. We can provide the, the capability of distributing the application across many different clouds. And so you could have a cluster at AWS, a cluster on-premise, a cluster at, at Azure, and construct an application from those three parts. And you may do that for load balancing, you may do it for cost, arbitrage, you could also do it because there are parts of your application that you need to keep in certain locations for data sovereignty reasons. And so we kind of extend into that to go off and expand the, expand those applications, but we're anchored inside Kubernetes. But the important point is that when you build these Kubernetes applications, you don't really want to drag everything through the Kubernetes network. A modern large scale app is generally built out of three things. It's built out of you know, Kubernetes, which is the migration to all the container-related stuff. The second part is usually a bunch of static HTML, which is living usually on content delivery networks. And so that's not inside the Kubernetes cluster. And then you've usually got some other external system you've got to go talk to. Maybe it's a self-contained, you know, merchant processing system or something along those lines. And so 
we allow you to construct it out of Kubernetes as kind of the anchor of compute horsepower and all those ancillary parts around the outside of it. Well, now, you mentioned the term Envoy, right, as, as the mm-hmm. product. Could you go deeper? Because this is the Deep Edge podcast. What yeah. exactly, how would you define Envoy, I guess, is the best way to put it? Yeah, so so Envoy as a class of software is, um, would be put in the class of, of proxies. Um, you know, it does, you know, layer four through seven proxies, does all the magic stuff like uh, HTTP3 and, and the routing rules and all that associated with it. So it's in the class of proxies. What we do is we... We take that and we make a, a, a we our system called Epic gives every application or every application its very own instance of Envoy, and our system is multi-tenanted, so you can have a whole bunch of teams of people, and you go off and say, hey, look, uh, to construct this application, you need to go off and build a, you need to have an ingress to go and do it, put all the request routing rules in place, and you go and create one of those for that individual application. And inside Envoy, it publishes, it it, 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 uh, it gets the traffic as it comes in, looks up whatever request routing, whatever information, which is usually in the form, in the simplest case of simple routing rules of parts of the URL structures. In more complicated cases, it's programmed logic that's looking at tags, location data and things like that. And then sends it over to you know, each of the clusters to go and get into each of those application places. But Envoy is basically this engine that does that. And we run fleets of these things. It is considered to be um, of that class of engine, um, you know, the best one available today. Yeah, no, thanks for the clarification on that. Now, one of the things that I always like getting into is, you know, what are the use cases, right? Do you have any examples? Because uh, I don't want to get into slideware. I mean, some real examples of potential use cases that you see value here. Yeah, so one of the one of the really so it's two or three uh, you know really interesting ones, um, but let, I'll just touch on the really simple one to start with before I get into drill into some of these more detailed orientated ones. You know, a really simple one is is um, look, I want to run my applica- I want to run my application construct in two places. You know, be it two public cloud providers on off. You know, uh, maybe it's, some of it's in private, some of it's in public. And, and to do that, I need to find a way to go and, you know, uh, get that application published on the internet, search set up, URLs, all that stuff done. And I want to distribute my traffic amongst those two or my requests amongst those two places. And, uh, and perhaps I want to take advantage of cost. Perhaps I want to take advantage of time, whatever it happens to be. And so just the ability to go and, you know, take a step back and not be completely anchored in a single public cloud provider you know, is an important consideration and something that we offer. And it's a very simple thing for us to do. Then we get to the other end of the scale. And, and I think, and Deep Edge is exactly the example that I'll, I'll use in this case. So, so I would contend that, you know, the deeper you get to the edge or the, you know, the further you get down in the network, the more complicated the, the request routing rules become. Because, of course, if you're sitting, you know, in a server that's somewhere near a cell tower, you know, there's not a lot of resource there. So the application you're constructing is coming from lots of different places. So maybe there's some stuff that needs to come locally. Maybe there's some stuff that's spread somewhere else. And the and the request rules that you go, you need to go and create that particular application become more and more complicated. A great example could be, you know, I'm sitting here at the at the edge of the at the edge, and I come in and 
uh, you're a premium customer and so I want to make sure that, you know, you're a paying customer. So now I've got to know that you're a paying customer the minute you come in. i got to kind of know where you're coming from because there's not much point sending you to the, the, the nearest possible resource if you're a whole long way away, you know, so I care about, you know, kind of resource location. And then I also might care about the type of content that you're getting and perhaps some things around perhaps data sovereignty and where stuff can actually be located. And now we end up in quite a complicated set of per session rules that are programmed in that say, hey, where did this, where did this customer, where's the origination of this customer? I know they're a customer when they access the network already. Um, and so I know that I should, I should send their requests in a certain order. I know enough about them to make a bunch of different decisions. And, and it's interesting, this is actually a techno, an area that is already quite uh, mature in um, some of the larger scale SaaS companies. And, and uh, you know, what when you go and talk to a lot of these larger scale SaaS companies, if you were to go and look at the HTTP headers, and I know now we're getting in this deep edge stuff, you would just see what you'd expect to see in HTTP headers. But if you get on the other side of their ingresses that they've created themselves, there's often lots more headers that are used to go and figure out who you are, have you been authenticated, who authenticated you, what's the type of account that you've got, you know, where, you, where, your, where your home location is, you know, I'm, I'm in Japan, but I'm really a US customer, so I need to be forwarded across to the US complex so I get English language. All of these sorts of things are already going on inside those complexes. So the deeper you get to the edge, the more cost variability you get on your resources and the better those early request routing decisions need to be. How was that? No, that was actually good because, I mean, I think from that point of view, it sounds like you're solving um, a, a real problem there. Now, um, just maybe we could close with uh, how do people get in contact with you? Have you launched the, the company yet? Where you are in that stage there? Yeah, yeah. So uh, so just this week, um, we, uh, we came out of stealth. Uh, we've been in stealth for a little while, obviously, um, and uh, launched our product uh, called Epic. That's our, uh, our intelligent uh, external ingress. Um, and uh, we're at acnodal.io. Um, you can certainly contact us uh, through that. Um, we also have a bunch of open source as well, which is the other part of the platform that uh, that is actually the, the code that runs inside the Kubernetes cluster. Uh, that's called PureLB. Um, it's been available since last year. We put that out in open source and we have plenty of people using that already. And uh, if you don't have these complex needs uh, that I just talked about and you're just getting started with Kubernetes and you want to have that DevOps experience, download PureLB. It doesn't cost anything. Go use it. Hit us on the Slack channel. We'll help you with it. Um, and then once your application gets more complicated, you know, we're more than happy to help you with this more complex um, and and more complete kind of edge ingress experience. That's great. Well, Adam, uh, best of luck on this new venture. And when you start Thank getting you, some customers, do you mind coming back so we can talk uh, about the problems they're solving? I'd, lo I'd love to do that. And, and you know, let me make a note that to find an opportunity to bring a customer back with me and talk to you, right? You got it. All right. Take care and welcome. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Deep Edge Podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.